Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with the subject on truth. We're very grateful you could join us today. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent in Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we're so glad you could come today. And we will start with our morning prayer. It's from page 224 of Divinity Course and General Collectania. The real Christian science compact is love for one another. This bond is wholly spiritual and inviolate. It should never be violated in thought or action, even for the sake of maintaining the purity of the letter of Christian science. For the spirit, the reflection of divine love is always more important than the letter. My body is not a toxin factory. It is the substance of love, the reflex of soul. This omnipresent truth is an antidote to all poison, both internal and external. Oh, may the light that is never dim so encompass you that no night is there. May his angel hold thee in their power and songs of science be heard in the intuitions of thought. For your life is in tune with the rhythm of God. Mary Bikaidi. Perfect. Well, we can just end the round yes, table there. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. Okay, Karen, our watching point. Watch number 475. Watch, lest you try to do truth's work. Mrs. Eddie once stated, you stand still and voice the truth. Truth does the work. That was a long one, right? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Packs a lot of punch, though. It sure does. Mm. Yes, yeah. who comment on that? I like that it was short and sweet and to the point, mm-hmm. and that that's what we need to be. I like the part about and truth does the work. We just need to voice it and stand still. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it gets to a very. Well, it gets to a very important issue, doesn't it? Yes. How often yes. do you or I feel a personal sense of responsibility for something. All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> too often. Too often. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so tempting to feel personally responsible for something or someone. And no, we are responsible for our own thoughts, our own consciousness. What we accept or reject and what we accept gets externalized in our experience Mm -hmm. so when we accept only the truth the truth does all the work and it ties into the prayer that we had this morning because um, it the spirit is so much harder than the letter And it's tempting to think sometimes that we're reading all these wonderful things and that that's what it is. And that's not, that's, that's just the auxiliary, um, Mrs. Eddy says, for getting our thought in line with truth. And that's the spirit that we look to that um, is doing the work. Yeah, because the reading and the listening that we do is really the tuning of the violin, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we're just getting it ready so that we can actually play the violin. Mm. I think also, um, you know, our faith and trust in the truth that we are voicing is what it's important. And that's the spirit of it. It's actually you're living it. So you are trusting more and more, having more faith in it. it. So when Mm -hmm. you utter the truth, the truth does its work. It's not us making the truth work 
but it's our faith in the truth that we have declared. This is important. Thank you. Absolutely. That's why we can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless we are as a little child. Because that's a childlike quality of faith and trust in the Father's care. So that's that all. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that's what we talked about yesterday in the Bible study. How David had been practicing this um, truth, knowing the truth, relying on the truth, relying on God. And so when the moment came where he had to really, you know, fight the giant, he was ready. He was already prepared and he just needed a, that little missile of truth, as was talked about. And that's all that was needed. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, it was a wonderful Bible study. If anyone missed it, then it'll be posted later. Yeah, at least by tomorrow morning. By tomorrow. So, yes. And yeah, it that. tied in so nicely with this week's lesson, didn't it? It was perfect. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Very perfect. And and so needed right now in the middle of, or the end of January, the middle of winter here in the Northeast anyway. So it was a real pick-me-up, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, very grateful for these things. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's really preposterous. Preposterous. Ridiculous. Yeah, to think that we can, we can work the truth or do the truth, you know, mm -hmm. in we just have to have the faith in it and, and to understand it, yes, to acknowledge its presence and power and then let it work. And this is what is true humility. Yeah. Not, not that we are capable of doing anything other than having faith in God and what we understand God to be. Even if we have a little faith, a tiny little faith as a grain of mustard seed. <laughs> what I like to is that it's always there, even for my loved ones who seem that won't talk about God or, or and don't let my grandchild talk to me about God. It doesn't matter. God is always there. They can awaken at any time. Mm -hmm. Learning that here has been such a blessing. <laughs> yes. And love is always more important than the letter. It's so true. We get off um, trying to argue or prove our point, and and we lose the spirit. And the letter, the letter will harm. So we must have the spirit. What was what was it that you found, Jeremy? That, oh, that news article. Yeah, news. yeah, I found this on the news yesterday that. Um, uh, unaffiliate, uh, religiously unaffiliated Americans is slowly like gaining a higher percentage. And uh, there's actually people that identify as non-religious are 30% now, and it's more than who identify as Catholics. So I just thought that was interesting. But 7 in 10 of the people that say they don't believe still believe in God or higher power. And it really just comes down to, you know, a lot of them said it's their dislike of religious organizations mm -hmm. and bad mm -hmm. with religious people. That's <laughs> why they are non-religious. So, so and maybe they're coming to um, how ridiculous it is to believe in God as a man up in the sky. So that might be what they mean. It is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel it's. I feel it's actually a really good thing to become atheist, to put away all of those foolish thoughts that you get, because I, I know that served me well before coming here, <laughs> so, because then you see atheism isn't the thing either, and then you're like, okay, now I'm ready. So, mm. getting ready. That's right. That's right. And, and what is that beautiful quote we have on the cover of the Children's Watch magazine about Nothing can come between yeah, me and the child. Yeah. 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 I thank you, Lord, that thank nothing you, can Lord. come between thee and this child. And that's what 
know as if you're an experience like Shardell has, whether it's a child or an adult or whatever, nothing can come between God and, and them. Children, possible. And just knowing that we don't have to argue, we don't have to say a word, which isn't that's the truth. And we'll see it. And Shardell has seen it, as you've heard in her testimonies. Yeah. I think, too, among all this, too, is, is the cultivation of being patient. I know I've been told that about 47 million times by a practitioner <laughs> working with here in this church. So you can you can claim the truth, you can state the truth, but then you also have to sit back and be patient. Um, you know, not my will, but thy will be done. Because mm-hmm. uh, certain things, you know, are at work, as we say, you know, truth is working, but that doesn't mean you snap your fingers. Um, so that's been a great lesson for me is again, the humility of, of patiently waiting and, um, yeah. Yeah. And and letting it be done. Thank you. Yeah. Good point. Yes. And yesterday, um, I was doing some really deep prayerful work and asking, you know, that same question about patience. And the answer came, I am working. So he is working, even though, you know, we sometimes have fear or feel a little impatient. It doesn't matter. He is working. And that was so comforting to me. It was a big help. Thank you. Absolutely. Miss Zetty says, I don't remember the whole thing, but she says, then if you wait, never doubting. Yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. All you need every moment. Yeah. All you need every moment. Yeah. Angel. Right. That's right. Thank you. Sorry. I, I was given. I was given the treatment for every day, and the last part of number ten was when I ceased to judge, mm-hmm. criticize, or condemn. I began to make progress, and that's. Um, I was starting to think. You know, maybe that has something to do with, you know, being patient. You know, you have to just let things unfold. I know there's a lot to that statement, but it it seems to tie in in my mind. I I think also, you know, often, or what this is what I used to do <laughs> years ago. You you read a lot, read a lot, read a lot, and oh yeah, I got it. And a lot of truth is talking, but you're just talking. I was just talking it and thinking because I was talking it, I had faith in it didn't. I really didn't. Because I was more on the side of the wrong, having more faith in the wrong than in the truth. So, you know, simple truth like even God loves me or um, truth is here and things like that. I didn't spend the time to really have that faith, the the faith that is needed uh, in it. I was just talking it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and I've found that, you know, after studying for a while, if there's something that I feel like I'm getting, what, what, what will happen is the lie, the false belief that maybe was in my subconscious for many years will come to the surface. And it'll come to the surface as... Uh, a problem or it'll come to the surface as a suggestion that maybe what I read isn't quite right (laughs) or it'll, you know, it'll come to the surface and challenge you. And, and it's like, you know, in, in school you, you study, but then you have to take a test and we we are, we are tested. You know, the devil, So don't be uh, discouraged or surprised when the tests come after you've done a lot of studying and you think you're getting. Thank you, Florence. That's a really good point and something that we need to be alert to as Christian scientists. This deepens our understanding so we don't have just a superficial understanding. And the superficial understanding, I know I've done it, it's just saying the words, repeating the words. I mean, you might as well be going to the doctors and taking a pill. 
you're trying to talk yourself into something. It's it's not going deep, deep within you. And we will talk about that in this week's lesson. And every lesson we talk about it because we must deal with the deeper issues and not take this superficially. So thank you all. Do you want to read the golden text of our lesson on truth? Psalms. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. And that word redeem means? Deliver from bondage. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Deliberate or rescue from captivity or bondage. To repurchase what has been sold. To recover and re or to rescue which is truly what the lesson, whole lesson is about, right? Our truth freeing us. And it, it comes on many different levels, this freedom. And when you think about it, I mean, how intrinsic this is. What is the, the motto of New Hampshire, Elizabeth? Um, Live free or die. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say they actually uphold it anymore, but it's the motto. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think there's a lot of that in America. There still is, still I'm sure. It's the spirit of it, yeah. It's the spirit of it, yes. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. who wants to live without freedom? I mean, it's a basic it's need. A basic right. Yeah, right? Need. It's a it's, divine right. Yes, yes. Divine, right. divine right. And I would say every war that's ever been thought has been for this right i can't think of any that yes. haven't it's all about freedom so we can uh, have it and when we follow christ's christianity the sermon on the mount we can have it without war because it is basic to everyone and even animals everything everything plants everything wants freedom Freedom to face the sun and do what's in individual heart to do. And so we thank God for Christian science and for Christ's Christianity, because that is the only way to get true freedom. Is that correct? Only way. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's redeemed as opposed to given to you because it was always yours. Yes. It's a yes. restoration of something that has always been there because God created us free. And, you know, we, we become imprisoned. We imprison ourselves. Sometimes we allow others to imprison us. But God frees us. Yeah, because it's it's the freedom of these uh, binding thoughts that we entertain that keep us in bondage, and that that Christian Science comes to deliver us from. Thank God. And these binding thoughts seem to have power over us, don't they? They do. They, yeah. yeah, they have power, but they don't. And that is the whole point. They don't have power. The only power they have is the power of suggestion. And we have the right to deny that suggestion. Most of us don't, most, some of the time, right? There are suggestions we accept for whatever reason. But we have the right to deny those suggestions. And when we do, when we deny them with the truth, the truth does free us because the truth is the only power there is. And that is why it works. Yes, but from the birth, many mortal laws are imposed on one. And you you know, you have to accept them. You know, if you do this, this so so and so happens. If you do that, this so and so. So, you know, we are just educated to accept these these lies so it keeps us in the dream um, yeah. exactly 
Exactly. We are educated to believe the dream is is reality. We got to count it as dung. <laughs> count it all dung, as Gary likes to say, yes. And, you know, as you grow in the science and you get more peace in your heart, we should all develop these, I call them whatever, you call, fear indicator, depressed indicator. When a fear starts coming on you, you should feel it. You should feel it as a foreign enemy. Or, or depressed. No, that's not normal. That's not right. I'm, I'm, I'm drifting into something that's not of God. Or as Tony was talking about, impatience. Not of God. When these things start to encroach your thought, bing, a bell should go off. Alertness to duty. <laughs> Alertness Morning. to duty. A warning, yes, a red flag, mm. and that we have to. Um, we have to put our armor on and be ready to fight. Yes. Well, and some of the things like grief or depression or anxiety, it seems the mainstream will often say we need to embrace these things. And, you know, it. On the reverse, they're really trying to say we should face them down. But what they say is, oh, accept this about yourself. You're fearful, you know, and, and that just precipitates. Obviously, we all know that, but um, it just grows the problem. Well, it does. And then the, the, the drug industry takes advantage of that and offers you a mm -hmm. pill. Mm-hmm. The one thing I love about Christian science is that there was a, I was listening to something recently, how somebody who's very familiar with a lot of different teachings throughout the world, different, but he says with Christian science, only in Christian science do we start from the mountaintop. Everybody's trying to get there. Um, we start from being depressed or being a sinner or being, and, and we're working towards perfection. But in Christian science, we start from perfect God. We must, he says it countless times, we have to start from perfect God, perfect man. And sometimes if that's all you can even say to yourself, you know it's the truth. But we get to start there in this science. Um, Christ Jesus proved it. Mary Baker, right? That's how they... So, that's what we have in Christian science is we get, we, we know we can start there. We're not working up towards it. Yes. Present perfection. We start there. And um, yes. And as I was saying, when you get these morning signs, you're drifting, then the alertness to duty that every it's, it shall be the duty of every member of this church to defend himself daily. So it's a duty mm -hmm. and it's daily against these aggressive mental suggestions and he not be made to forget nor neglect his duty to God, to his leader and to mankind by his works. He shall be judged and justified or condemned. And that's where these little suggestions, they start out little and get bigger. That's where they're leading you. So you'll forget neglect and unable to do this work. So we stand on guard. It's a duty and it's a daily duty. And it's a tremendous protection. Tremendous. All right. Um, Jeremy, would you read the responsive reading? <clears throat> John. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. <clears throat> if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
ye shall ask what ye will, and it will be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. I love that so much. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And this goes on again in the lesson in John 14, where um, he that loveth, um, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. I mean, how wonderful is that? Jesus so beautifully demonstrated that, didn't he? He did. Yes, this idea of our oneness and abiding in the truth, abiding in God. And if, if we do his commandments, he'll come to us and abide with us. Jesus and, his, and, and God and his father. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to think about. And how, who would want to miss that glorious opportunity? So it's quite deep and quite beautiful. And along with that, Nancy found something very beautiful she'll share with us now. Yeah. Um, I just love thinking about those three words, abide in me. And I found a commentary on Daily Verse. To abide in Christ is a cleaving to him in love. It is a holding fast to him in trusting obedience. It is believing the truth of his word with an unshakable assurance. It is a steadfast confidence that his word is true and his promises are sure. If we are to abide in him, we will adhere to him in every way. We will be united with him in mind and motive, resting in his gracious love, abiding in the arms of the beloved Son of God, and having a deep, trusting dependence on him in every area of our life. To abide in Christ and to rest in his love is to know with absolute certainty that he alone is life's sufficiency and to act on this knowledge. To abide in him is to recognize that without him we can do nothing because all the grace and nourishment, refreshment, and strength we need comes from his bountiful supply. And wonderful though abiding in him is to the believer, it is only half of the equation. For as we rest and abide and remain in him, so he abides in us. As our hearts cleave closely to him and our minds are flooded with his beauty so his spirit abides within each one of us teaching and training leading and guiding helping and comforting with an ever-increasing intimacy as we grow in his grace and in the knowledge of our precious savior let us seek to rest in his love and abide in him moment by moment and day by day for he will take each burden and all the pain of life and provide for each of us the wisdom and the strength we need to face the future until abiding in him and he in us becomes as natural as breathing hmm. what more could we ask for beautiful thank you for that yeah. And just to make it clear, what is the Christ that is being referred to here? And what is Jesus referring to when he says, I am the way? Message of God. And what does Mrs. Eddy tell us? What is the definition of Christ? The divine manifestation of God that comes to the flesh to destroy 
incarnate era. Thank you. And that is what Jesus refers to whenever he says, I. He's not talking about the person, Jesus. And what Nancy just read is not talking about the person, Jesus. It's talking about the Christ, which Jesus was the best manifestation of that we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> God. And and Miss Eddie said of Jesus in retrospection and introspection that he had holy humility, unworldliness, and self abandonment. So yeah. that, that self abandonment. That's why when he says I, it's the Christ and not himself. Yeah, and that is why he is our example. Because if you think all of this stuff was done by a person. Right. <laughs> then you don't, you know, then it's hopeless for the rest of us mere mortals, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's really something. If he said, I can of my own self do nothing, my goodness. Yeah. Exactly. It's a relationship with God that he has that we need to emulate. Exactly. <clears throat> Thank you, Greg. <clears throat> it's his relationship with God that is our example. And this is, again, abiding in Christ. It's demonstrating our oneness, oneness with the Father. And something to work on every day. Know that we're, I and my Father are one. The Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And the Father hath not left me alone. These are very three powerful statements of the Christ to, to live with and to feel and I, I used to wonder about the lesson on it, atonement. It was a little hard for me, but anyway, I'm getting to love it more and more, knowing you're knowing and working on my oneness with the Father. It means you can't do anything. There's nothing you can do without him. You see because he sees. You move because all movement is within him. Your intelligence is from with, from him. You're. We love because he first loved us. Yes, our love, our, our joy. It's all, all with him within. We exist because he is life. Yes. It's wonderful to think of these things as you go about your day and declare it for yourself. So, and I thought it was so beautiful in, in the watch last night, the watch, and it was a watching point 497, watch that you measure your growth by God rather than man, by the distance your brethren in Christ have traveled with you, and not by the distance you've traveled away from them. Jesus told us that as we are lifted up, we will draw all men unto us. As we rise into the consciousness of eternal harmony, we must feel that we are taking all mankind with us, since divine sonship belongs to all. It's very beautiful. And that's why, you know, it's impossible. If you think you're free and your brother's not free, well, you're not, you're not free. You're <laughs> not free. <laughs> free. You are really not free. It's all, it's all in unity because we all are brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, well, and that's why there's nothing selfish about Christian Science. I mean, it it gets rid of all selfishness. It gets rid of all self anything. And I think that's what it means when Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. See your, see your neighbor as God's child. Expect the best from everyone else. And if you don't see it, keep expecting it. That's the treatment. And, and watch, watch what you're seeing. See as God sees. 
perfect man. Yeah, that's one of the ways that we uphold our duty to mankind. It is. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, just walk out your front door. There's opportunities everywhere you go to lift people up. You know, we talk about how you think about the people around you when you're driving or at the grocery store or just, it's just in those small little minutia, you know, where you just embrace everybody. That's absolutely right. When you're in the car, you bless everyone that passes you. Everywhere you walk, you just give love. There should be no place that you go that you're not loving your fellow man. It counteracts those dark thoughts that people may be getting, you know, I'm good and stuff, or, you know, or I did this, I'm terrible. But it just gives them a second chance. It does. It's great when you're in the store or something and you just walk by somebody, you don't know them, you give them a smile. Maybe hmm. you smile back. They will. Yeah. Love it. A freeing uh, thought if you go in around with such pure thought. It's freeing. Love is reflecting love. To make a plug for those uh, bookmarks, this is a reason why you should keep those bookmarks with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I keep them. I keep them in my car. Every time I meet people, you know, I'm I'm testing the spirits to see where this, you know, is this person open. And I have met the most interesting people that I'll just say something like, you know, have a blessed day. I'll just say something like that just to see. And so many people will light up and start talking about God, and it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, no, it, it is so true. And sometimes the person you think it the least the least one you expect starts to talk about God is so grateful uh, that you mentioned it. You you just never know. And <laughs> say, that, God bless you. It, yes, they they light up. Really they do. Yeah. They need to hear it. So thinking, I'm here, right? <laughs> the person you least expect is here. We had recently in a lesson, you know, God. God does not see as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, right. but God exactly. looks on the heart. And we can feel the heart of people around us. You sure can. So the love is for all, without exception. So let your light so shine that yes. men may see your good works and glorify, glorify God, right? To paraphrase. Yes. Which is in heaven. Mm -hmm. All right, Chardell, what did you send in? Okay, truth. And uh, in our lesson in 243, it says, truth has no consciousness of error. Love has no sense of hatred. Life has no partnership with death. Truth, life, and love are a law of annihilation to everything unlike themselves because they declare nothing except God. And then I like what Prasser said, to answer Pilate's famous question, what is truth? We need to recognize the difference between what appears to be true and what really is true. Jesus showed this necessity when he said, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. The material senses judge appearances, but spiritual discernment alone judges what is true. Appearances change, but God and his works never change. I am the Lord. I change not. The words were finished from the foundation of the world. What appears to be physical senses is not the truth. The truth is a statement of the eternal realities of being. It is not one thing today and another thing tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And and we're so, well, God gave us in that little book, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, what is truth, as, as also in the Bible and prose works. That's why these books must be studied. Because the answers are there. A lot of people don't know what truth is. Or now today it's popular that you have your own personal truth. Yeah. Well, right. nuts to that. <laughs> right. 
there is no truth. Yeah, there is no truth. It's just according to how you're feeling. Yeah, they admit last when they're in trouble. Exactly. Well, that's it. They have the personal mm-hmm. truth, but then they still blame God if they <laughs> are all oh, messed yeah. up. Yeah. And it's it's not that rock of truth, the rock that you can always go to and get the truth. Sometimes the truth might make you feel uncomfortable, but it's the truth, and it will unwind your snarls. So many people tell me, you know, when they first come here, and I know myself, I had so many snarls, as Mrs. Eddy says, and I, I, I was all mixed up and confused, even about Christian science. But once you start getting the truth, it, it, it's amazing how it unwinds all these difficulties and problems you've been having. And suddenly things, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's what the truth does. And it it's ever the same and it's something we always go to go to the rock i think that's the song they sing sometimes right go to Mm -hmm. the rock and when it heals we should never ever forget that it was the truth that heals Mm -hmm. and that should be to be a stepping stone for us and you know even if you seem with some people have to sometimes go through a medical experience that does not lessen the fact that it's truth that's healing it is always truth that heals it always is truth that heals mm-hmm. and you always remember that this other stuff is just um you know a passing dream but it's the truth that heals the truth that's in charge of the situation the truth that is the great physician it is the truth the rock you must never forget that because so many people well, if they've had to have a medical situation, they just, oh, my gosh, I'm abandoned by God and everything's terrible and all this. No, 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 no. God is everywhere. You never say things like that. God is everywhere. He's always operating, whatever you're going through. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. He's always with you. Don't you abandon God. He doesn't abandon you. Of course, he's there. He's everywhere, everywhere with all people. See it. Feel it. You will experience it. And that is why a a good medical doctor will admit that he or she can only bind up the wound to give God time to heal. And that idea of, you know, this was something strong Mrs. Evans gave us about life, truth, life, and love are law of annihilation to everything unlike themselves. They declare nothing except God. And that word annihilation, the act of reducing to nothing, to non-existence. So when you are living life, truth, and love, you become that law of annihilation. Against all things unlike God. That's why no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. That's why you know you don't have all these difficulties. Because you annihilate anything. Any of those, as we talked about earlier, those little niggling suggestions that come to you, zap you, zap them like those bug zappers. Yeah. <laughs> they just zip them. It's gone. Not, no way, Jose. And that is why we have added in our full text to the three daily duties the take notice from page 442 Christian scientists be a law to yourselves mental malpractice cannot harm you either when asleep or when awake so be a law be that law that's what that means a law of truth that will zap anything that's not unlike that truth and you will know it you will feel it this isn't truth this this doesn't go with what I know, as as Ava said, that's not what my daddy said. <laughs> yeah, we had the uh, Daily Watch recently that talked about beware that you think truth is only working when you're working it. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's always at work. Now we have this beautiful story about Peter in prison. And and first, you know, a prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. It was good, right? Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. And then, here he is sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains. 
doorkeepers. And doorkeepers. I mean, you could say, well, this just, this is impossible, right? This is an impossible situation. There's no way I can get out of this. Holy Moses. Like a Goliath of a situation. A Goliath of a situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then an angel comes and the light shines. And smote Peter on the side, woke him up, raised him up, arise quickly. You have to do it quickly. You can't say, hmm, is this a dream? Am I, is this a camp? This is an awesome situation. No, he got up right away and the chains fell off his hands. And then gird thyself and bind thy sandals. And so he did. Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And then when he went out, he thought he saw a vision, right? He thought he was dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. But he passed the first and the second ward, came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on one street, and then the angel departed from him. Don't think you're in an impossible situation. And when Peter. I just wanted to say when I was reading this story, I was thinking about, you know, when Peter in the chosen, when Peter went in and the uh, Gaius, the Roman soldier found him like in the midst of all the Romans there. <laughs> I, I feel like the wards that he would have had to walk. Through, yes. Yes. Know, thank With all those soldiers and everything. Well, so, yes. Yeah. You looked at your. Physical circumstances, it would seem quite hopeless. He didn't. And he had all those people praying, unceasing prayer for him. And then he came to himself and he said, for sure I know that the Lord has sent his angel and Mm -hmm. hath delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the people of the Jews. And here again, oh, you could say, oh, the malpractice is too against me. No one expects me to get out of here. Look at all this malpractice. I can't. This is impossible. This is a totally impossible situation. Everything's against me. Well, no. So then he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, and there were there were the many gathered praying. <laughs> and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And what did all these praying Christians do? Get out of here. That's impossible. That that is a a perfect example of zero expectation. What were they praying for, for heaven's sakes? Right. <laughs> praying but not believing, right? No, I mean, <laughs> knocking and knocking. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the letter, but not the spirit. <laughs> so but Peter many, kept knocking. <laughs> how many times has your healing been right there? Knocking, yes. boom, 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 let me in. Right. And you're totally <laughs> You just don't expect it. You're what are you bad? Are you crazy? I'm not getting healed. <laughs> I'll pray about it, but I don't believe it's gonna happen. <laughs> more faith in the error. More faith in the error. Yes. I thought I thought that was and I'm so glad that that part isn't always put in that story. Um and yes, so I know one of the first lessons when I came here that Mrs. Evans talk to me about was was expectation to have your expectation from the lord do you expect to be free i mean here's a perfect example of anybody who could get become free with that kind of prayer Mm -hmm. but do you expect it because she said and it was true i'd been raised for the most part in that boston science and hadn't seen a lot of healing so she said, you have to have your expectation from the Lord, as it says in Psalms. You have to expect it. Why pray if you don't think it's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And this is very true, especially with chronic conditions. That's why sometimes you got to be slapped around a little bit. Because you think, oh, it's just gone on and on. I'm just going to learn to live with it, and I'll, I'll be good living with it. No, it's right at hand. It's knocking on the door. Let me in. <laughs> 
So where's your, where's your faith, right? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? It's right there. And if it, if it could happen in this instance, it can happen in every instance. So we all are born free, born free, like that song. And we all uh, can live a free life, the true sense of that word, no matter how binding our circumstances might seem to be. God delivers us. He redeems us. He frees us. And thank God. Okay. So, I mean, we don't see him. But he's there. He is there. And sometimes we see him. Oh, sometimes. And we're going to end with something beautiful that I love. Okay. Yeah. Start you. Yeah. This is from Miscellaneous Writings. It's uh, remarks on a service on the 4th of July. When first the pilgrims planted their feet on on Plymouth Rock, Frozen ritual and creed should forever have melted away in the fire of love which came down from heaven. The pilgrims came to establish a nation in true freedom, in the rights of conscience. But what of ourselves and our times and obligations? Are we duly aware of our own great opportunities and responsibilities? Are we prepared to meet and improve them? to act up to the acme of divine energy wherewith we are armored. Never was there a more solemn and imperious call than God makes to us all, right here, for fervent devotion and an absolute consecration to the greatest and holiest of all causes. The hour is come. The great battle of Armageddon is upon us. The powers of evil are leagued together in secret conspiracy against the Lord and against his Christ, as expressed and operative in Christian science. Large numbers, in desperate malice, are engaged day and night in organizing action against us. Their feeling and purpose are deadly, and they have sworn enmity against the lives of our standard-bearers. What will you do about it? Will you be equally in earnest for the truth? Will you doff your lavender kid zeal and become real and consecrated warriors? Will you give yourselves wholly and irrevocably to the great work of establishing the truth, the gospel, and the science which are necessary to the salvation of the world from error, sin, disease, and death. Answer at once and practically and answer aright. Mary Baker Eddy. We must value our freedom or we will lose it. Yes. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. 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 Thank you.